Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. Hi Sarah. Hello guys. Oh my gosh, Cat. That immediately makes me want to share something with you. Well, please immediately share something with me while I let my boob sweat cool down. Immediately, Sarah. Okay. Here we go. Y'all, okay, so I'm doing the full cooking with the girls. What is she doing? Hmm. Does this cool down the undercarriage of the breast? I'm not sure. Oh. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, but, okay, so somebody explained what is happening right now. Well, this lady used her boob to hold the bowl. <laughs> she lifted her boob up, yeah. stuck the lip of the bowl under it, and dropped her boob into it, and it held on. And I, I am very sentimental, so I have a greeting card that my mom sent me when she was on um, a recent trip with her senior citizens to San Antonio, mm-hmm. and just to see if if it could be held up, like... Oh, it totally works. <laughs> Cat's boob holds the card. Cat's boob holds the card. Like, that's pretty amazing. You know what's so funny is when I was in college, um, my friend Megan, we got into the elevator one day in our dorm, and she was trying to get me to kind of, like, look at the girl next to us, and I yeah. couldn't tell what she, her eyes were telling me to do. So we get out of the elevator. I was like, what's going on? She's like, did you see her boobs? And I was like, what? And she's like... They were like folded over. And now, yeah, they're folded over. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I saw, uh, uh, I don't know how this happened to me, but I became a group member on Facebook um, of The Far Side. Oh, really? Like the comic? The cartoons. Okay. And now I am a member of like seven Far Side groups. So now when I open my Facebook in the morning, which the only reason I open it is I go and look at um, the page with like Jin Shindo stuff because like I've learned stuff on there every day. So like I go and look at that, but now I'm greeted with like the far side is the first thing I see. And I noticed when I got up this morning, the cartoon was of this old man looking at an old woman and he said to her, I see that you've been out naked sunbathing again. And she said, what would make you think that? And she was wearing a, like a bikini top. And this was like an older, like kind of, can you stop fondling your breasts? No, I'm not fondling them. I'm just showing as an example. When you go up and down with your hands around them, that is a full fondle. Okay. Well, I don't, I have, I don't get any pleasure from that. So that doesn't feel like a fondle. Um, so anyway, this woman is wearing like a bikini top and below her bikini, like right here, there's these like, (laughs) these like white things. So like clearly when she was laying down, her boobs were like (laughs) laying down here and she like busted herself. Like she told on herself that she was laying out nude and I thought it was really funny. (laughs) Uh, Why wouldn't you kind of pull them up and tuck them there so you could still get some sun on your belly yeah yeah exactly you just said that you weren't getting any pleasure out of fondling yourself and that's the perfect uh way to get me into talking about pleasure oh good i love you're gonna talk about pleasure this is not the screaming and gnashing of teeth podcast like this is we're gonna talk about something pleasurable 
Well, we're going to talk about why pleasure is so hard. Oh, oh okay. Hmm. So kind of, yes, we're going to, we're going to at least skirt around the idea of pleasure. So I had this realization. I've had two epiphanies today. Um, so I pretty much took today off outside of just keeping an eye on emails and have been running around and doing stuff with the dogs and, uh, all kinds of different stuff. And while I was in a car wash today, you know, the automatic kind that have all of the amazing squirts and wait, <laughs> they squirt. I mean, they, That's true. what would you call it? Washes. Well, uh, uh, brushes. But what, what is the action? Sprays. Sprays. Yeah. I mean, they squirt. Yeah. Squirts and sprays. Okay. So I'm going through the squirt and spray car wash. And I have two epiphanies. And one of them is that I think as humans, we somewhere along the way are taught to not have pleasurable experiences. Hmm. Or at least admit it, I would say. Yeah. And so I started thinking about like even recently, but I remember being a teenager and my mom was at the time... um, she was a hairstylist, and so she was always at some salon or other spa, something like that. And I was getting a facial done, and I was a teenager. And I want you guys to picture, like, you know, 17 years old, laying back. And, you know, when you get a facial, you close your eyes, and they often, like, are massaging, you know, different areas of your face. But no, I kept my eyes open the entire time. <laughs> I mean, like a creeper watching every single move because, and I remember realizing this years later, I didn't want it to seem like I was enjoying it too much. Oh my goodness. Why? Because I thought that would be weird. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I was worried they would you know, that I would moan or anything, you know, I mean, who knows, you know how when something feels good, you're like, Ooh, that feels good. But I remember that moment. And then recently I was driving with the dogs in the car and I was by myself with besides the dogs. And I was like doing like this wave thing that you do out the window, like, Mm -hmm. like a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, with the air blowing in and all that. And I was just on this country road by myself. Um, and all of a sudden this car comes around the corner and I immediately like pulled my arm in. Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything fun. Like in shame. Yes, it was so bizarre. And so I wanted to ask you guys, is there anything in your world where you react that way, where you're afraid to, and it, it's vulnerability ultimately, but like you're almost afraid to show how much you're enjoying something. Yeah. And I don't want it to go off the deep end and be sexual. Yeah, no, it doesn't need to. I, I've got a great example of something that happened to me just today. Um, I was in um, a body work appointment as the as the client, and um, and and we we had like set some intentions of like you know this is what you know may be supportive on the table and stuff like that and um and my bodywork therapist did she's so talented oh my gosh she's so talented she she did this like um what i'm going to assume is like a cranio hold like with my head 
And I instantly, like when it started, like I could feel what I'm going to imagine is the rhythm of the craniosacral fluid in my body. Like I could feel it moving up and down my arms and my legs. And it was quite possibly the best sustained feeling that I've ever felt in my life. And I've only felt that one other time. And it was in a very similar session, um, but we were in a different environment because it was during COVID. And I remember thinking like, is it okay to feel this good? Like I felt like I was kind of levitating off of the table Mm. and I felt free. I didn't feel any pain. I wasn't scared. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like feeling, Oh my God, I'm ashamed. I'm feeling this way until I had the thought, is it okay that, that my body feels this good? And, Mm. and we were basically talking about how it's like, that's okay. Like we've experienced so much grief, so much pain, so much difficult things that the only way to like to counterbalance that is to have really good feelings you know and you can't really know really good feelings without knowing the opposite of it so it's that whole like yin yang theory like blah 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 and so like yes like just today I had an experience of going like my body feels amazing and it felt very like oh, but is this okay? You know? And it's like, I felt very safe in in the space that I was in. And so it did feel okay. But it was interesting, like, how quickly I began to question that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I really do think that this idea of, of not showing too much pleasure or too much appreciation for something that you're that is pleasurable. I do think it stems from sexual stuff. And right. and this is the only right. thing I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to go crazy. Don't worry. Um, I, I had a therapist once who was talking to me about sex, um, which was great. It was on topic for some reason. And she was emphasizing that it's a very like societal thing to believe that both parties and a situation that might be intimate have to have an orgasm. <laughs> I mean, God, I hope that's not like what? Wait, I can't tell if your what face is what I'm talking about or that you agree with what she's saying. No, 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 no. I don't no, I very much don't. Like I very much don't. I, I think that like we can experience bodily pleasure and it not be sexual. Well, and that's what she was saying. Yeah. Well, well, her whole point was there is this idea of like, did it, you know, (laughs) I don't know how to say it except how to go for you. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I think there's this idea that we have to keep anything that brings pleasure to us to ourselves and not let it be too out there. And so anyway, I'm just, I'm fondling this idea. You're welcome for that phrase, but I'm fondling this idea because I am curious separate from any of the sexual stuff and where it might stem from. Why is it that we're afraid to be seen when it comes to pleasure? So feel free to write in if you have something you'd like to share. Yeah, or call in because our number is working now, one eight six six K A T M O O five, And we got some doozies of phone calls this week, <laughs> let me tell you. Tell us about them. Well, I think we ought to just play a couple of them from our friend Mike. Okay. 
Yeah. Hey, so you wanted to use as many adjectives as possible. Now, this is not going to be the most colorful and descriptive as possible. You know what? I thought I could do this on speakerphone while I was doing my hair, and I can't. I can't think of descriptive adjectives and put white paste in my hair in the proper amount of places all at the same time. So I've wasted 30 seconds of your life here. I'm going to hang up and call back. All right, uh, this is Mike. I'm sorry about the false start earlier. That's what she said. <laughs> okay, on the scale of, like, mysterious and paranormal God story side of what this is, uh, it's probably, like, maybe a four on a scale of one to ten, but if you get desperate, I'll at least offer it up. Then I have another one after this if there's time. Um, so my wife, Jennifer, sorry, Sarah said you use a lot of adjectives. My fair-skinned, curly-haired, beautiful wife, Jennifer, who is also smarter and more talented than she gives herself credit for. Uh, her and I, plain old insecure Enneagram 5 Mike, we were living in Las Vegas. Sin City, baby. Neon lights and brown deserts. And legalized prostitution, wink, wink. This story has nothing to do with hookers. Uh, she got a flat tire, my wife did, on our Dodge Caravan, some minivan, maroon, or it was. Being that we were living paycheck to paycheck with no money in savings, no credit cards, shout out Dave Ramsey, except that credit cards would help in this situation, we didn't know what to do. We were also kind of too ashamed to admit that we were living paycheck to paycheck. And even if we did admit it, we didn't have any friends who were balling that could help us out that we knew of, and we were thousands of miles away from family. So we're like, what do we do? And then one of Jennifer's friends invites her to go play bingo. It's not an old lady thing in Vegas. It's just, it's it's a thing. And um, yeah, so Jennifer's like, uh, not tonight. She didn't really get into why. And they're like, oh, come on, we'll pay for you. And now, you know, okay, sure. Free fun, a little bit of stress relief. Uh, she goes, she wins at bingo. She wins the exact amount, literally down to the dollar. The discount tire told us we'd need to get a new tire. Down to the dollar. How did God know? to have a friend invite Jennifer to play bingo that night. We chalked up to God to this day. Okay, after all of those crazy stories that we just shared, we totally need to do an entire episode because I know our listeners have, like, unexplained things. 100%. Yes, they definitely do. Like, come on, we've all got something like that. We do. It could be synchronicities or ghost stories. It could be you sitting on your deck with some crystals and all of a sudden they started levitating. Mm-hmm. Uh, like money just showing up out of nowhere. Or provisions of people leaving stuff on your doorstep that you needed that you never said out loud that you needed. Exactly. Like tampons. Oh. An insurance check coming in in the mail that you didn't expect. Exactly. Communicating with your animals. Oh, yeah. I've been visited by my dog, Sam. And I really think that, that my current dog, Belle, has got part of Molly Pig's spirit because she howls like a hound dog and she's a golden retriever. <laughs> Okay, what about when you see, like, on a clock, you constantly see, like, 11-11 or 3-33? Or I wake up almost every morning at 4-27. Really? Really? Yes. What about, like, premonitions or, like, dreams of things that come to pass? Like, prophetic dreams. Oh, yeah. 
Maybe you were abducted by an alien in a UFO. I need to know about that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so so here's, here's what's going to stand out to me. I, I, you guys may have your own opinions and interests, but this is what me, producer Sarah, is looking for. You're looking for something juicy. I want to see every adjective and all of the colorful imagery that you can muster. So if writing is your style, then here's where to send that. Email us, hello at catandmoosepodcast.com. And if speaking is more your vibe, then you better leave me the most descriptive version of your story that you can give. Don't leave out a detail. And you can leave those messages for us here. 1-866-KATMOO5. We want your stories of the completely bizarre and unexplained. Like the time that you woke up and grandma was standing over you. (laughs) Send us your unexplained stories. Now. Goodbye. Goodbye. So something that is unexplained in my opinion is... um, so, you know, you guys, like I'm, I'm really like, I've been studying body work, which by the way, I finished my four studies this week. We celebrated last week with a steak dinner. We did. And it was delicious. Was so good. And I'll tell you what, that piece of A5 Wagyu that I brought home because I couldn't <laughs> eat it at dinner. I was just too full. <laughs> it was like this little, like. 0.25 ounce piece. I heated that up the next morning and ate it. And it was like one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. Like, so I got to have that steak twice in a row. Yum. And, um, what I was going to say is that in my studies of body work, I'm fascinated when I hear about other things that have to do with body work. And, and we're going to talk about this on a future episode, but I just want to kind of plant a seed right now. There is a thing that is incorporated into training for CIA operatives when they are experiencing pain. And what they're requested to do is to focus on the part of the body where they're experiencing pain and over and over and over chant five, 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 one, five. Why? Five, 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 one, five. Five, 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 one, five. So if you've got pain in your body and you can do that, like hit pause on the podcast and you can do it right now um, or do it after you listen to the podcast, like just consider where you have pain in your body and just over and over and over repeat five, 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 one, five. And we're going to do a ton of research on this and explain it to you. So I stumbled upon all of this while I also discovered Janet Airlines. What is Janet Airlines? Oh, you gave me a little tiny peek into this, but share this with our listeners. Yeah, it's the wildest thing. So um, so there is a, a plane and there may be one or more of these, but there is a plane that leaves an undisclosed location around Las Vegas and transports employees to and from Area 51. And when the plane takes off, as soon as it gets in the air, it is untraceable by radar. It is unmarked. It doesn't have anything that lets anybody know what it is. So it's like this secret airline and it leaves from this secret terminal that supposedly no one knows exists, although you can Google it and find it. And Janet Airlines stands for just another non-existent terminal. 
Oh my goodness. So I'm just saying like Janet Airlines is out there and I feel like that's a great precursor to our like paranormal uh, episode on the podcast. But like, isn't that the wildest thing like that humans have created such a thing? Yes. And it makes me wonder if it's not traceable, what is really happening at Area 51? Because I thought Area 51 was shut down. That's what we thought, but it's not traceable. It says here, Janet, sometimes Janet Airlines is the unofficial name given to a highly classified fleet of passenger aircraft operated by the United States Department of the Air Force. That is so creepy McCreeperson. Mm-hmm. And it has a private terminal at the Las Vegas airport. Yeah, it does. I am so curious about this. Okay, somebody out there has to have a Area 51 story. I know that somebody's grandfather was like there when they told them it's a weather balloon. Right. And I want to hear the story. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so this other epiphany that I had in the car wash, I, I wrote it out. And so instead of explaining it, I really need the same energy that was in, in me writing this to come through. So I'm just going to read it and see if it still pops. I am realizing that whenever I have an extreme reaction to something that somebody else does or says... It usually means that exactly one year from now, I will go through something where I react the exact same way they did, and I have understanding at the point of why they reacted that way. I mean, 100% of the time it happens where I have a lapse of time that goes by, and then I have this extreme amount of awareness about the memory of how appalled I was that somebody acted in a certain way. So I guess what I'm getting at is notice your extreme reactions. They are there to teach you when you need to grow. Mm. And so is this something that you wrote down while in the car wash? Yes. The car wash is my new meditation. Oh my God. Like that's written so eloquently, Moose. No, I just wrote it out. So it was like, you know how you have these realizations and I I'm trying to capture them when they come so that it's not I, my memory is so terrible anymore. Um, cause I'm 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm noticing when, and it could be anything. It could be something more intimate, like an actual friend of mine that does something. And I'm like, what an asshole. Anytime that I feel like really triggered, like 90% of the time between one year and five years later, <laughs> I have the exact same reaction that person had. And I immediately go, Oh, they actually weren't a bad person. They just <laughs> had this little struggle happening. And instead of actually feeling that of like, I know what that's like, or I know what they're feeling. I think it's a lot easier to be like, who the hell do they think they are? You know? <laughs> Yeah. I I think like it it's fascinating to me that you have so eloquently described the human condition. Right. Well, good, because I just realized it at 43 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I just realized it because you said it. So there you go. You're a step ahead of all of us. But I think it's really, um, I think it's really cool that like we can, you know, be working and moving toward like being our best selves and better health, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, or all of the above. And we still can realize like we are human beings. Like we have human experiences. We are imperfect. You know, like my, my body work therapist was reminding me today about that. She's like, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's hard relationally to figure out things with certain people because you sometimes get an idea in your mind that they're not human, you know, and it's like, and they're human, like they're just human and they're going to do things that are weird and make mistakes, like just like the rest of us. And um, I, I think that that's kind of fascinating. It's like, there are still things. And we, we talked about this when we were talking about our, um, trauma bonding podcast over, you know, issues that we've gone through with our family. Like there, there are no humans on this planet. Well, other than you, Moose, that can absolutely cause me to act my worst self immediately than my family. <laughs> yeah. Well, me too. Yeah. And it's like, what is that? It's like, it's because they've known me my whole life. It's because you're not allowed to leave them. Well, I just mean like you're stuck with them. They're your blood. Like, you know what I mean? Like you constitutionally are not allowed to leave them. I mean, I know people do and divorce their parents and things like that, but like you can't shake them is my point and you can shake other people, but like when it's your family, it's your family. And so, you know, it's just very frustrating. It's like, we we're all just human and we just got to give ourselves the grace for that. Well, and it's just like, like you said, it, it says so much that judgment that takes place and I'm trying to notice it more because it's so important to notice it, but it says so much about my condition of my mind (laughs) that it has anything to do with you like that. Yeah. Why do I have to be attached to you? I don't. And so like that thing is happening and granted sometimes when it is family or someone we love very close, like it is hard to watch it happen, but also like, why do I have to have such a reaction? You know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that has, it's probably codependency, but whatever. Well, or actually it's just a lack of our social selves, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like we learn how to present to the world and how to be appropriate and proper and all that kind of stuff. And it's like with our family, we learn some of that because we want to be decent humans and not just treat everybody like shit and just act in the raw, you know? Right. Uh, And at the same time, too, it's like we we can be our truest selves. Oftentimes I'm speaking from my own experience. I shouldn't say we I feel like I can be my truest self oftentimes, mostly with my family. Yeah. You know, because it's like they just they they love me the good the bad the ugly it's like they they love me for all of it and um can't shake them can't shake them cannot (laughs) shake them um when you talk about shaking it makes me think of vibrations and um great my understanding we talked last episode about this um this organization called CERN that's in like France and Switzerland or Sweden or yeah Switzerland. And, um, they're going to flip the switch on this thing. That's this like thing that 
creates all these light beams and they cause particles to collide and they're trying to like recreate the black hole and recreate the big bang theory and like all this kind of stuff. And they're flipping that sucker on, on July the 5th. And I'm going to be in Mexico on July the 5th. Where are you going to be on July the 5th? Um, I have a bomb shelter that I will be crawling into <laughs> that I've been digging since you told us about it last episode. That's where <laughs> Excellent. I'll be. Excellent. Well, I have some more advice. Don't drink too much on July the 4th because okay. apparently when you have a hangover, like when you have the, the residuals of alcohol in your system, apparently your body has very low vibrations and oh. very low vibrations apparently are not what you want to have when this machine gets turned on. You want to have like the high vibes. You want to be like, how do you get high vibes? You smoke weed. Oh, okay. Great. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, that was an easy answer guys. Yeah. How do you get high five? (laughs) High five vibes. (laughs) How do you get those vibes? Um, I I think, yeah, crystals. I think like, um, humming mantras, like, he de he de he de and like I think she might have got into the little high vibes. She's got some high vibes. She's she's got a little little box over there with a key that has some high vibes on it. Please add lots of like uh, bells and uh, fairy noises when she's doing that. Yeah, what I was doing, and it's one of the ways that you can help generate high vibes, is by utilizing light language. Light Light language. language. Oh, yeah. You okay? Please explain. (laughs) I would like some more explanations. Yeah, well, I'm still learning about it, and TikTok is my teacher. And so, if that tells you anything, um, there are a handful of characters on TikTok who have gone and studied and learned about how different consonants and syllables in. Um, things said in certain tones, like in certain notes, can activate energy centers in the body. And whether you want to call those chakras or, you know, light beams or whatever it is, I mean, everybody's got a different opinion about what they are. And so I've gone and watched a bunch of these people like do these chants in light language. And for example, this one girl was like, okay, if you're having gastrointestinal issues, like let's say you've got like a rumbly gut and you're like farting real bad or have diarrhea or like whatever it is, (laughs) she's like, you can chant along with me or even just watch me give this chant and that's going to bring peace to your digestive system and so she does something along the lines of (laughs) does your belly feel better yes i mean already listen i would pay for that you don't have to you can just get a tiktok account uh, oh, no, I'd rather pay for it. <laughs> hey, I 100% believe in any kind of making sounds with your body. And so I'm down for doing that. <laughs> any kind? Lots of sounds. I am four sounds coming out of your body. Bodily sounds. Gotcha. Me too. So one of my favorite poets is Mary Oliver. 
uh, God bless her soul. I feel like she is uh, always with me because I surround myself with her poems in bed. I just lay in bed with her poetry books around me. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, so I was reminded of uh, her poem called The Journey that I wanted to share with you guys and see if you would listen with me. Mm-hmm. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds. And there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. That, that is stunning. Thanks, guys. I wanted to share it with you. I thought it was mm. so beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I could do, and, and maybe we should consider this, like I could do a line-by-line study of that poem. Mm. Like the part about the wind having fingers and being old or something like that. Like that was like so poetic. Yeah, you knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. Their melancholy was terrible. Oh, that's so good. And Mm. it just is like such a reminder of the social self versus the essential self to me of all these voices saying this this is the right way to go. It's our, it's really internal family systems. It's all these parts Mm -hmm. coming in, whether they're actual people from the outside or the internal voices saying like, you know, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. And then you finally listen to that voice that really knows what the right way is. Man, that is awesome. Do you have a sense in your body where that voice lives? Oh, 100%. It's straight here in the middle of my chest, back to boobs. It's right under the, it's like where your bra meets for me, the middle of my chest. Mm -hmm. And it's a light blue crystal that when I am on my path and I feel like I'm in the river, as I like to say, it glows. Like it it just Mm. sort of, and it has this noise. (sighs) Sarah, come up with a better one, please. Uh, anyway, so there's a little Mary Oliver for everyone's literary moment. That's the literary corner brought to you by Moose. Can we talk about how much you guys are going to miss me this week? Wait, well, we need to talk about that. So tell us what you're going to be doing while you are in Mexico. Well, I don't really know for sure. Like everybody that I've talked to has said that I'm going to climb a lot of stairs. So I'm naturally terrified. I don't think um, that's true. I think that's the only thing you heard from what the people told you. Yes. <laughs> Kat, 
I just want you to remember that one of your favorite things to do is get a really hot cup of coffee on a 90 degree day and drink it and then go to Orange Theory and knock out 40 minutes of red zone. Yeah. So I I think you're going to be solid on these stairs. I will have to say when we were all together talking about this at your graduation ceremony celebration, Sarah said... Why do you always get yourself into these situations? <laughs> no, she said, she said, why does this always happen to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really can't answer that. And, and I think that I am viewing things like through a lens that is less helpful to me. I think that climbing a lot of stairs and being at a retreat center that's basically built into the side of a mountain, like that's the part that I'm, I'm scared of. I think the, the opposing sense of what's going to happen there is there's an infinity pool. There's going to be like yoga. There's going to be, um, meditative, like breath work sessions. There's going to be time to like journal and like lay in a hammock and like stare at the stars and Mm. listen to the ocean. So it's, it's really, it's a retreat for helpers and healers. And Mm. I get to go and basically like get, get, um, I get to fill up a little bit and I'm, I'm really, I'm excited about it. I'm scared about the stuff that I'm scared about. Um, things like not fitting in and having too many stairs and feeling like the fattest person on the retreat and, and all of that. And like, there's also this like whole side of things where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what if, this really like feeds my soul. And this is like kind of a pivot point. My mom shared with me, she's like, I think this is going to be a, a, like a life changing event because you're at this place where you've graduated from school, things are going great in your regular job and and stuff like that. And she's like, I think this is going to be a real turning point for Mm. you. And so I'm really, I'm really hoping for that. I am too. And you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. Right. Right. So if they say, would you like to go for a seven mile hike? Say, honestly, that's a little short for me. I'm going to go on my (laughs) own 15 mile hike up the mountain over here so I can have some solitude. And if that means having a glass of Chardonnay at the bar, feel free. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because your healing doesn't mean it's going to be like everybody else's healing. So you do you. That's right. That's right. Well, we hope that you have a wonderful time while you're in Mexico and hopefully you come back um, more healed and more of a healer than you were when you went. My hope is that next time you see me on Zoom, I'm going to have like this blue aura around me that is like (laughs) similar to the color of your light that lives in here. Mm. But what if it's a blue light from the radioactive tube that exploded at least you would have survived yeah and it'll be pretty at least you'd have high vibrations right oh you're oh you would you're gonna have the highest of vibes heck yeah the highest of high vibes (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna leave that there we hope you have a wonderful trip to mexico thank you i'm gonna miss you guys we're gonna miss you too bring us back some blue aura Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.